My message today is entitled, Let Us Pray. Let me ask you a question. What makes a person's faith authentic and genuine? Is it based on their belief, their conviction, their church attendance, their service to others? All those things are important, but what really authenticates a Christian is a consistent and vibrant prayer life. It is through prayer that we commune with God, that we connect on a deeper level than just talking about what we believe or what we feel or what we do. A person who truly values prayer is one who understands the miracle of prayer. Yes, that's what I said. I know a lot of people like to describe miracles to anything right now, but if you truly know God as a born-again child of God, then you understand that prayer is indeed a miracle. Authentic communication with God is a miracle. You see, anyone can recite the words of a prayer. Anyone can beg or vent or wish or declare their thoughts. But prayer takes us into a realm that we cannot reach on our own. Romans 8.26 says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Do you understand that we don't know exactly what we are to pray for as we ought? In other words, when prayer only involves us, we pray for things that we think we need based on our circumstances based on our feelings, which change all the time, based on our desires or our thoughts. Yet Scripture tells us that it is the Holy Spirit who actually guides our prayers to align with the will of God. But this means that we need to recognize the need of the Spirit in all our prayers. An authentic prayer is one that submits to the leading of the Spirit to take us into the very presence of God. When we truly connect on a spiritual level and hear God speaking to our hearts, regenerating our spirits, consoling our souls, infusing us with supernatural strength and literally changing our focus, and our resolve, and our peace, and our joy, it truly is a miracle. Yet not everyone who attempts to pray has this full experience. Why is that? Many have incorrectly been taught that prayer is a formula. That if they say certain words or statements or phrases, it authenticates their prayer. But to reach this level of divine interaction you know what interaction means that word that prefix inner means between that there's action between both of us it's not just us talking it's god talking to us in order to reach that level of divine interaction we need to actually hear god speaking to us not just speak to him and hope that he hears us 
Thus, we need to learn to wait on Him. So let me ask you another question. Who in here would say they're really good at waiting? You see, the reason why many people struggle to have a faith-filled life that allows them to overcome, that allows them to stay positive, especially in the world we live in today, that allows them to be filled with purpose and direction and peace and guided by supernatural insight is often because they have not learned the absolute necessity of waiting on God. A lot of prayers are given today, a lot of people, and there's no waiting involved. It's probably because many times we've not taught about that necessity in prayer. Without understanding how to wait on God, we remain unfulfilled. And we lack the kingdom-shaking power to be God's ambassadors in this world. Isaiah 40:29, familiar verses, says this, He gives power to the weak. And those who have no might, He increases strength. This is a promise from God if we know how to receive strength from Him. Verse 30, Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. No one on their own is immune to weakness. No one can rely purely on their own strength or on their own wisdom or their own power to endure. All of us will come to the end of ourselves in our attempts to persevere against life's challenges. Isaiah 40:31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's only by waiting on God that we are infused with His strength to continue in the face of adversity. His strength to love the unlovable. His strength to forgive the unforgivable. And His strength to overcome. But truly waiting on God means one thing that some of us are not good at yet. To truly wait on God means we need to stop talking, stop asking, stop pleading, and wait on God to speak what He desires to say to us. Psalm 46, verse 19. Verse 10, I believe it is, actually. Be still and know that I am God. You see, the way that we truly know God is by waiting on Him to speak directly to us. That is truly God's desire to connect personally with each and every single one of us. Don't think for a moment that only the pastor can hear what God has to say to you. God's greatest desire is to have a personal connection with every single one of you. Every single one of His children of God are able to hear His voice if they learn how to do that, to discern His voice and desire to hear Him. If there's one thing the church has gotten wrong for way too long, it's in telling people to pray, but not teaching them how to do it. Too often people are told to just pray. Just talk to God. Just share your heart. Yes, this is a part of prayer. But without teaching people how to hear from God, how to discern His voice, 
They come up empty, confused, frustrated, and often misled by a false self-confidence. This is where many people get it wrong with God and with prayer. We don't just wait for Him to answer our prayer requests. I've heard many people say, well, God's not answering my prayer. I keep praying He's not answering my prayer. It's not what prayer is about. We wait for Him to speak to us whatever He desires to say. But this involves us being still. It involves us letting God speak, not us imagining what we want to hear from God. What's the difference? Well, first of all, God will never contradict His Word. His answer to you will always confirm His Word. Also, there are many times that God's answer is not what we want to hear, but absolutely what we need to hear. Can anybody give me an amen on that? Sometimes God tells us what we don't want to hear. That's how we know it's from God. For example, if you've been hurt by someone who unfairly mistreated you, who ignores your concerns, who was mean to you, who blasphemes God daily, who displayed gross injustice towards you and wounded you, you might ask God, do I really need to forgive this person or can I just move forward? Many times, your mind, your flesh, your feelings will tell you, no, don't worry about it, just move on. Because they came against God. They are mean. They are evil. They are not remorseful, so just move on. That's what your mind will tell you. However, that goes completely against God's Word. Remember the most important words of the Lord's Prayer come after where most people stop in reciting the prayer. Matthew 6.13 Jesus said, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Have you ever truly stopped to consider why this phrase is in the Lord's Prayer, asking God to not lead us into temptation? You see, the temptation is to not forgive those who have hurt us. To not pray for those who are against us. If we give in to this temptation and hold unforgiveness towards those who have hurt us, we become prisoners of the evil one. Because now we are controlled by anger and by vengeful thoughts and by judgment and unable to clearly hear from God. This is why, in context, Jesus speaks these next two powerful lines. Verse 14. But if you forgive men their trespasses, trespasses, their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It doesn't always make sense to our human minds to follow what we are commanded to do. How are we possibly supposed to forgive our enemies? How do we love and pray unselfish prayers for those who spitefully use us and hurt us? 
Yet these are the words and commands of Jesus. They don't make sense in our natural minds, but they are part of God's will. So we must understand that if we truly want to hear God's voice, it's not always going to be something that we want to hear, but it is always something that we need to hear if it is truly His voice. We know someone that close friend of ours who went through a difficult time in their lives many years ago. And they had a child out of wedlock, a common situation. And we asked them to pray about it, and we did too. And as this person grew, um, the, the people that the father of the child, we asked them to pray about it. And he said, I prayed about it, and God told me to move on, to not have anything to do with this child's life, to not talk to them at all. And as this child got older, the child reached out to other people, and, and we felt a need to be a part of that child's life. And the person I'm talking about was so insecure and fearful of that that the person said, I will disown anybody who talks to this child. Even told his own mother, I will disown you if you have any relations with this child. And we said, how can I? I said, listen, we prayed about that. And uh, we feel God saying that it's not the child's fault, but to re- have a relationship with this child. And so, and that other person said, I know I'm be hard to follow this, but that person said, I prayed about it too, and God told me to move on, to have nothing to do with it. And so I, I, you come to this place and say, how, how can two people pray to God and get different answers? It's because sometimes there's wounds in our lives, sometimes there's things that we cannot see, sometimes there's experiences because we're hurt. But if we're not sensitive to God's voice, we say we're praying to God, and what we're actually doing is we're telling ourselves what we think God is telling us to appease our desires. However, there's times when God will speak to us against what we think we want, but we need, we need to know what is true to Him. We all need to learn to discern God's voice, and we need to be willing to hear what we need to hear, not just what we want to hear. Joshua 1.8 says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Therefore, if we truly want to hear His voice, we need to be in His Word as much as possible. We need to let Him speak to us through His living Word using His words and not ours. When you ask someone a question, if you truly want them to answer, you have to stop talking. Duh, right? And then you have to listen for them to respond. Giving them the opportunity to answer however they desire. At times, people pause in their response until distractions die down and until they have your undivided attention. But if you wait on them to answer and give them permission to answer however they want, they will speak when they are ready. Why would that be any different in dealing with God? When you have removed yourself from distractions and turning off the TV and getting away from the computer or your phone, 
going into your secret room, into your quiet place, and invite God to come in to answer you however he best sees fit, God indeed will speak to you. Matthew 6, verse 6. When you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. How does God reward you? By speaking directly to you. It's such an amazing feeling to hear His voice, to know that He sees you, to feel valued by a personal God who made the whole universe and yet He still has time for you. He still has concern and a desire to talk to you. And when we wait on Him to speak to us, we can expect a truly unique and powerful experience as He speaks into our situations and into our lives and into our hearts. And it is not mere words that we receive. It is wisdom from the throne room in heaven that comes down directly to us. How is that not a miracle? James 3.17 But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. See, the fruit of His answer is what we receive when we learn how to wait on Him and to hear His voice. For me, the fact that His wisdom is pure is the most amazing part. As a subtle comparison, think about the difference between store-bought unsweetened orange juice as compared to pure, freshly squeezed orange juice. There's no comparison. Amen? It's fresh. It's invigorating. It wakens your senses. And it's just orange juice on a much grander scale. When you receive a pure word from God, it is fresh. It is invigorating. It is powerful. And it wakens your senses for His will in your life. It gives you indescribable peace indescribable joy. It fills you in ways that you don't even know. It literally changes your mood, your attitude, your direction and purpose for the day. His Word to us is pure, full power and greater than any wisdom that the world can give. If you have not experienced this feeling this infusion of His Word and Spirit, then let me teach you how and where to begin. If you don't know by now, I am a teacher. I taught for 30 years in the state of Michigan. I took one year off and God said, what are you doing? I said, God, I reached my retirement age. He said, not with me. I applied back and I'm starting back at school again. I continue to be your pastor, but God has continued to show me my mission field is the schools. And so I'm starting with kids uh, tomorrow. So I appreciate your prayers for that. All right? And so I'm going to teach you how, how, not just how to, what to say, but how to hear from God. 
how to discern His voice. You open your Bible and begin with maybe one of the Gospels. Don't tell yourself that you're going to read a certain amount every day because if you do that, you'll be more devoted to your plan than being devoted to hearing God's voice. Read a few verses. Then stop. Get a journal. Write down your summary in your own words of what you believe God is saying through His Word. Then ask questions in your journal. Ask questions of God regarding the text in your journal, such as, God, what do you mean when you say this? Or, God, what do you want me to learn from this passage? Or how can I apply this to my life? And in what ways can I know that I'm living this in my life? And then, wait. Wait on God in prayer, silently. Listen for an answer as a still, small voice. Write down what you believe God is saying to you. Don't overanalyze it. Just write it down. If the thoughts are coming too fast, then use modern technology. There's speech to text. You can speak and it writes down your, what you say. Record your thoughts. Whatever you think God is speaking to you, but then don't stop there. If you feel God is bringing you to another part of the Bible, go there. It's okay to leave your reading plan and go to other parts of the Bible. Go there. See if there is a connection to what you just read and what you, what you believe you are asking of God. Continue to ask questions in your journal and wait on God and write down what you believe you are hearing from God. Then, and this is the important part, find another trusted brother or sister in Christ that you can share your journal with. Ask them, if what you have written lines up with the Word of God. Ask them if they believe you are beginning to hear God correctly. You might want to ask a few questions that you trust. This is how you begin to discern His voice. It does take effort on your part. You have to write. You have to ask. You have to wait. You have to be make, make sure that it lines up with the Word of God. If you don't go to someone else, you begin to teach yourself that you're just telling yourself what you want to hear. When you're ready, move on to a few more verses and repeat the process. Again, I stress to you not to be so stuck on your Bible reading plan. You need to decide what's more important to you. To get through your assigned chapters so that you stick to your pre-designed plan or to actually hear from God and what He specifically wants to speak to you. Our greatest desire in prayer should be to know Him personally. This is done by waiting on Him, by opening your Bible and letting Him speak and letting Him guide you to the truth. Too often, too often, Bible reading plans rely on the instructions to lead and to guide you through the Bible instead of our good shepherd leading us to where he wants us to teach us. John 
But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. You see, the only way that we allow the Holy Spirit to help us and to teach us what He desires is to allow Him to lead. Because of our flesh, not all of us like to give up that lead. We don't like to give up the reins. But even in prayer, even in Bible study, if He is our Good Shepherd, He is the one that leads us. He guides us through the Word as He desires. Sometimes people have been to the Bible studies that I do around the church and people say, well, I can't, I don't like that Bible study. You've been stuck in John chapter 3 for four weeks. And I say it's not about John chapter 3. It's about the whole Bible. And if God takes us to another passage or a different passage, we let God lead, not say we have to accomplish this reading plan. He's our good shepherd. He leads us and guides us. He knows what we need. We need to allow Him to lead us. Jeremiah 29, verse 13 and 14. And you will seek Me and find Me when you search Me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. In context, this passage refers to the Israelites who had spent years in captivity as a consequence for not following the Lord through His commands. But today... This passage speaks to anyone who is bound in wrong thinking by traditions that speak louder than truth and people who literally find themselves in bondage daily to fear and doubt and despair and sin and loneliness and confusion. In fact, the power of this verse is that it is more than just what God wants you to do. It is actually God prophesying to His people. He doesn't say you should do this. He actually says you will do this. You see the difference? If you've been struggling to hear from God in your life on a certain area, if you've been stuck and unable to find direction, if you've been in bondage to wrong teaching or incomplete teaching or traditions that don't produce faith and vitality in your life, then God is speaking these words prophetically to you today. Listen to His voice speaking directly to you. He says, You will seek Me and you will find Me when you search for Me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. That's a personal promise that we need to take hold of and believe. Let us all seek to know God personally, to seek Him with all of our hearts. Let us pray in a way that allows the Good Shepherd to lead us and guide us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Then we will see the body of Christ Rise up to be the divine power in the world that God has designed us to be. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the power of Your Word. We thank You for the miracle of prayer in communicating with us directly to our hearts. Help us to understand prayer in the way that You intended to give it to us. Help us to know Your voice and covet this time in Your presence. In Your precious name we pray. Amen.